All right, today's date is May 5th, 2023, and this is episode 20. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky and come fishing with us? Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan, and don't push. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days. When he got tired and hungry, to his father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus, to the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the son of God, you fall for this golden drop. For the scripture says that angels will slow you falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus, to him mountaintop to show all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil get told jesus you can't have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord thy god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome to this is an official Godcast. Thank God it's Friday. My name is Ron Johnston. I'm here with Flightworks, Mary, and Jeff tonight, giving his special testimony. Our special guest, CJ Hicks. Let's welcome everybody in. Flightworks, Mary, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. A whole week. I made it and I'm right back here in the caption seat. I feel great. <laughs> Yeah, it went fast this week. It did go really fast. fast. You blink yes. and we're right back. Isn't that something? <laughs> I know it. Just a blink. Jeff, how are you, my friend? 
little under the weather, but uh, I'm blessed, man. Great to be here. I can't complain. I'm above ground, still fighting the battle, right? That's right. That's how we do it. We stay tough, we keep trucking. <laughs> For those listening, you'll notice Jeff, he's here uh, second week now, second week in a row. Uh, you may have noticed Mike is not here. Mr. Burke. Burke has been MIA. Burke's on a bit of a hiatus. He's going to be back here in a couple of weeks. He'll come and see us with uh, BJ Van Amen when he comes back as our special guest. But he's taking a step away. He's pretty busy. He's got life. He's got church. He's got family. And uh, he's a small-time business owner, so it's a little bit too much for him. He helped us get started and get our feet rolling. And uh, now that we're running, he's pretty confident that he can just step back and watch the success. So, uh, Jeff, thank you so much for filling in for Mike. Uh, I understand you're not going to be here forever, but you're going to be here for as long as you can, as much as you can, as long as God willing. And we thank you for that, Jeff. Yes, thank you, Jeff. It's my honor. I mean, anything to do is with the Lord doing his work and you guys are definitely doing that. Um, Hey, my pleasure. And I will be here as much as need, you know, and even if I'm not here all the time, even if in the future you guys need somebody to come, Hey, just reach out, you know, you gotta just reach out and I'll, I'll be here if I can be here. Yeah. It's just a joy having you here. Really. Thank you. I appreciate being amongst you guys. What's not to like, right? Right. That's great. And our special guest. Giving his testimony, CJ Hicks. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing phenomenal, Ron. Hey, I should change your name to Mister Phenomenal. Every time I ask you how you're doing, you're no. phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. I'm doing phenomenal. <laughs> how is your life so phenomenal all the time? Well, I don't know if you've met my family or met my God, but I mean, <laughs> what else could a guy need? You're you're going to tell us why you're so phenomenal tonight. In your testimony, I can understand. I am. That's the goal. That's the goal. That's right. Uh, For those who don't know, CJ is a friend of mine. We attend church together. His uh, father is also a friend of mine and mother and family. And uh, it it just felt right to invite CJ here to tell us his story. And we're greatly looking forward to it. And CJ, thank you so much for taking time away from your life, time away from your wife, kids and family, especially on a Friday night. Um, but the amazing thing about you and, and, and many others that I've asked to do this is you've jumped right in. You said yes before you even finished my question and, uh, God loves a, a great servant like you. So thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. CJ. Well, it, it, it has more to do with the fact I've been told my whole life, I have a face for radio and I just wanted to see if they were right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> although although it's a pretty tough act to follow after last week's guest um that kind of puts things into perspective sorry to do that that, to was you. A, that was a, yeah we uh she wasn't on the schedule and then um she's got a book that's coming out shamay nugent we had her here last week uh she's got a book that's coming out in a couple of weeks and so she wanted to plug that book and you know not come on in august on the godcast she wanted to give her a uh, book plug a chance to as well and we're grateful to have her and and uh, just yeah. amazing what God's doing in her life as well. And, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed her short, her story that she shared. It's pretty awesome. But we're so yeah, grateful really to have you it's here. Great. So thank you. Um, if I could just a couple announcements. Um, if you do have any prayer requests, please uh, text those into our chat, chat those into Mary and tag Mary. And we're going to pray for you at the end of the show next week. 
our guest, May 12th, 7 p.m., right here live on Podbean. You all know her. You all love her. Little Red Rocking Chair. She's going to be here next week. We're also very excited to have Little Red here. And the week after that, uh, Pastor uh, down in um, Indiana, I believe this is, uh, BJ Van Amen we're going to have here. Pastor BJ Van Amen, and that is going to be an exciting testimony as well. Tonight, live on Podbean, 8 p.m. Eastern, Con Lee. 9 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have Bardsey. And 10.30, Kilted Christian. Jeff, you're doing double duty tonight. <laughs> yeah. Boy, yes, I am. Talk about a servant, my man. And then pulling the midnight shift, Scott over on Fishers of Men. Awesome, awesome. No need to go anywhere. Stay here all night. Fall asleep with your phone in your hand. Right here, live on Podbean. Yeah, let it fall uh, on your face. Oh my! <laughs> face calling with Mary. Uh, we're gonna have, start having a new podcast. Face calling with Mary. Face calling one hundred and one with Mary on Monday nights, uh, seven yep. p.m. Monday night, right here on Podbean. Face yep. calling with Mary. Calls with a face. That's my new name. Uh, so we are going to have C.J. Hicks giving his testimony tonight. Before we do, Jeff, will you open us up with a prayer, brother? Yeah, absolutely, man. Be Thank glad you, to. Let's bow our heads. Most gracious, kind Heavenly Father, we just first and foremost thank you for the blessings that you've given us today. Lord, we just ask your blessing be upon this podcast, Lord, that you would calm nerves and and just allow things to flow in the Holy Spirit, that everything would just go according to your will, your plan, your purpose, that the message gets out there that someone that needs to hear us will receive it, Lord. We ask for a special prayer for all those who doesn't feel good today, such as myself, Ron, and there's many, many others that there's just so many to name, Lord. Just minister to each and one of the, each one of those people, Lord. Just put your loving hands around them and and heal them, whatever they need. Especially for Doug, who's going through a a very hard time. Bob's going through a very hard time. Lord, we just lift those those two especially up to you today, Lord, and just ask that you would minister to them in their hearts, their mind, their soul. Be that great physician, Lord, and heal them if you will. But as all things, let it be according to your will, your plan, your purpose, Lord. And we just ask a prayer right now for if there's anyone here among us or that will hear this message later that is lost, that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, we pray especially that that soul today, as they hear the message tonight, that it will prick their heart through the Holy Spirit and they will give their life unto you, Lord Jesus, to be their Lord and Savior. And we ask all these things in his holy and precious name, Christ Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jeff. Amen. All right, CJ, before you get started, is it okay for us to interrupt you if we have questions? Oh, absolutely. Okay. You seem like a pretty easygoing guy. We kind of yeah. like to do that sometimes. So if anyone <laughs> yeah. that's listening that's here live in Podbean, if you have any questions for CJ, please don't hesitate. Just go ahead and uh, tag myself, Mary, or Jeff. We'll get a question to them. And um, don't forget, if you have any prayer requests, please tag Mary with any prayer requests. We're going to be prayed for at the end of the show. Uh, anything else you guys think of before we get started? All right. No. CJ, you're free to begin every time at any time. The floor is yours, my friend. And again, thank you no. once again so much for coming and doing this. We, we greatly appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Well, it's, uh, it's definitely an honor. A little bit... Uh... A little bit scary. I usually don't mind speaking to people, but speaking uh, and being recorded is, is a little more uh, intimidating. Um, in another part, it's hard. I grew up in a very, very strong Christian home. 
So even though I, I have a, a testimony that I think is is useful, it isn't a dramatic one like some. Uh, like my dad, for instance, my dad has a very uh, dramatic, a very dramatic testimony where there's an instant change. My mine is actually a very, a very long journey that is actually here today. I'm, I'm going to be 45 this year, and I can almost break my life down into three 15-year kind of segments where I, I was completely different people, and God worked with me differently in each one of those to get me where I am today. So, um, from the age of when I was born to 15, I grew up in a very, very strong Christian home, uh, incredible parents. It was a, they're a gift from God. Um, like I said, my dad, um, he, he was, took the hard road, uh, and God had to wake him up. But in that he had very strong faith. He, uh, was a member of Cedar Creek Bible church where he was saved, brought up under great doctrinal teaching, had a real love for truth. Um, and just, he was a true, true Christian in every sense of the word, not just a, a Sunday Christian. He was a 24 7, 365 Christian. He served God. So, a perfect example of, of a godly man. My mother, the she's a, a Proverbs 31 wife. She's uh, full of love. I remember growing up how important it was for her to make sure we knew what was truth. I mean, this was ingrained in from a very early age. i give example. My oldest son, for his fifth birthday, she wanted to get him a children's Bible. And it took her a long time to sort out which children's Bible to get him because if they didn't allude, if they didn't clearly state a seven-day creation, if they didn't clearly show that it was a worldwide flood, she, she didn't want to put anything in front of somebody that might not be 100% true. She just, and that was our whole life growing up. That was very important to them. Uh, we went to a Christian school, uh, right where we go to church at Cedar Creek. I went there all the way till eighth grade. Um, that was, that was hard. We had a single family income. My dad didn't make amazing money. So putting all three of his kids in a, in a Christian private school was very expensive, but, uh, they made sure they did that because us being raised in the truth was of the utmost importance. And, uh, I, I thank them to this day for that. It was, uh, very few kids have that kind of opportunity in their home. It was, my parents are still together now. Uh, they're just great examples. Um, I grew up, the, I was the oldest in the family, and I will humbly say I was a very good kid. Matter of fact, my humility <laughs> might have been my strongest characteristic. I'm not sure. But I just, I had a reputation of being a good kid. Um, and because I was the oldest, I kind of always felt like the adults even at adult Bible study at the age of four, I'd, I'd sit and, and have conversations with the adults. Like I was one of the adults. Uh, I just never felt like the kid. Everybody always told me how good I was. So it was very important to me. Um, even, even today, it's very important to me that to make sure that I'm still the, the good kid. And that kind of plays into the middle part of my life. That was, uh, it was almost more important to me than anything else, which almost became kind of like an idol. You know, I, I was always the good kid. So regardless whether I was good, I made sure I appeared good, and it was uh, it was very deceptive. But um, I had uh, I do remember the day that that I, I I did ask the Lord to save me. Uh, my dad was in a gospel string band. We were at a church somewhere. I was roughly five or six, and uh, Bob Tat, who was a member of our church and also in the band, he uh, he in the middle of their um, ministry that they were doing he he 
presented the gospel message and I heard it and then realized, wow, I, if I want to go to heaven, I, I better, I better ask Jesus to save me. Um, and at that time that, that, that was what I focused on. You know, I, I if I want to go to heaven, I, I need Jesus to save me. So I remember making that prayer. I remember telling my parents as soon as the thing was done, they were very excited for me. Uh, a few years later, I was baptized. Um, and I don't doubt for a second, but that, that is when, when I was saved, but I, I do know that it was really, um, it was really me trying to make sure I could go to heaven. It really wasn't me admitting that I was worthless without a savior, if that makes sense, which, which I think was, uh, the purpose of a lot of people's gospel messages that they, they kind of forget the that Jesus is Lord, not just the Savior. But as a five-year-old, that's what I hung on to. And that really uh, kind of shaped the, the rest of my years up till teenage years. I, I knew I was saved. I, I had full assurance that I was saved. Uh, and I, I, I was very interested in knowing more about God. I loved the Bible as a child. I mean, I loved studying it. Going to Secret Christian School, it, it's, it's part of every day, constantly. And Ron, I don't think you ever had a chance to. Have you ever met Pastor Brent Brenham? The, the I first have pastor? not. No, I have not. He was he was gone oh, before I started attending there. So he he was the principal of the school and taught our Bible class. I mean, uh, he was a doctor, Doctor Brent Brenham, very intelligent man. He's a guy that led my um, my dad to the Lord. He led Pastor Norton to the Lord. I mean, he's very instrumental in, in that church. And he was a very educated man. And I just ate up anything he gave me. There's, I remember being in seventh grade. Oh, go ahead. There's remnants of him still throughout the church. Our discipleship books, both for the children and yes. the adults, are written by him. So his stamp is yes, still on absolutely. Cedar Creek, 100%. Yep. Very much so. Well, I remember in seventh grade, he took me through a course, uh, Francis Schaeffer's How Then Shall We Live? Um, uh, it was about the philosophy. And I mean, I can still remember it vividly today. I was in seventh grade. Um, so I, I really enjoyed uh, being in God's word and learning about it. Uh, I entered a preaching contest when I was 13. Now, in my mind now, looking back, I, I think having a preaching contest might not be the right way to promote the study of God's word. Uh, but at the time for our youth group, that was a thing. I took second in the state. And uh, again, my humility really, I think, made me stand out there. I'm, I'm not sure, but well, um, whatever works, <laughs> you know. A, as, yeah, as a thir as a 13-year-old, I, I, I enjoyed studying God's Word enough that I really looked forward to preparing a, a sermon. It was only like a 20, 15, 20-minute sermon, but um, uh, it was uh, it was still it was just a part of, of my daily life. I was very proud to be part of a Christian family in a Christian school. I played piano for our, our church during him singing from the time I was 12 to probably 15. I was the main piano player. So, but at about the age of 15, uh, actually I'll take that back. Cedar Creek Christian school only went to eighth grade. So after that, our choices were homeschooling, which wasn't as popular back then in the nineties, early nineties or go to local public school. And I chose to go to the public school. And my freshman year was absolutely miserable because believe it or not, I was a dork there. You know, I just didn't fit in. Um, and I did try not to let it bother me, but it bothered me. You know, I was a lot younger than the other, I started kindergarten when I was in 
four years old. So here I am a freshman and I'm way younger than the other freshmen a year, but it seemed like an eternity. And I just, uh, I was a dork. And sometime in my sophomore year, I don't remember exactly what it was, sometime in my sophomore year, I just decided I don't want to be a dork anymore. Everything I'd grown up learning, that's all cool. But you know what? I'm going to heaven. Why do I have to live so carefully? Why can't I live like everybody else? And then people won't think I'm a dork. I mean, I, I literally remember having this little conversation in my head. And then I instantly, I, I started swearing. That was the start of it. I started swearing like everybody else. I started telling crude jokes like everybody else. And I was just doing everything I could to, to fit in. Um, and by the time I was 16 or 17, you couldn't tell me apart from anybody else. And uh, that was that was a real dividing line in these, you know, kind of three 15 year uh, segments in my life. And it was I decided that I'm still a Christian. Matter of fact, any time between the age of 15 and 30, you could have quizzed me. And I was the conservative of conservatives. I still knew my Bible pretty well, but uh, I just didn't think I needed to identify wholeheartedly without being part of the world. I've lived like that. I, I didn't. I didn't consult God with any of the major decisions of my life when it came to picking a career after after high school, when it came to getting married. I, I, I was I was really a good person. I was very smart. I knew God's word, but I, I could make my own choices. So I. Uh, I really had at the age of 13, I had just thought that I was going to be a pastor. That, that is really where my mind thought I should be heading. But at, by 15, that, that had changed. That was no longer. Uh, anything I wanted to do. I got out of high school and I never was a, um, I never was a straight up heathen. I, I did drink a little bit. I barely dabbled with drugs, just enough so people think I cool, but not enough to really do anything. I just, I, everything was about image. I just wanted people to see me be like them, even though I knew I wasn't like them. I just, I wanted to be cool. If that makes sense. And it, it really meant pushing God away. Um, so by the time I was 18 and it's time to start thinking of a career, um, becoming a pastor that doesn't fit into that at all. And actually there was uh, one of my best friends. Um, his dad was a, a president of a construction company and, uh, he had route to get into an apprenticeship to get in the trades. And I, I got into the millwright trades right out of high school. And it was a, a job that fit me very well. Um, my mechanical skills and just my personality, it was, it was a perfect job for my interest. And I, I excelled really fast at it. I, I won the apprenticeship contest for the state at a very early age. Uh, like I think I was 24, 25. I was a project manager and estimator. And I, I just, I was, I was moving up fast. And in my mind, if I, if I'm, if I'm progressing this well in the world, I must be doing it right. Right. You know, it, I guess I made a good decision back when I was 15. This is me talking to myself at 24. I guess I made a good decision at 15 to just kind of, acclimate to the world because in the world's eyes, I'm doing incredible. Um, I think I got married to a girl that I dated in high school. I'm, I might've been 22. Um, I had bought two pieces of property, a place on a lake, built a house. Like I said, by 24, I'm a project manager estimator. So in the, in the world's eyes, I, I'm really, I, I'm killing it here. You know, I, I, I've got a great job. I'm making more money than my dad ever did. Uh, I'm, it's it's pretty impressive as for far a as the other people in my age group. <laughs> well, it, it, so in my mind, I was unbelievably impressed with myself, Ron, <laughs> and uh, that was really it, it was it, it was very much like Nebuchadnezzar, and and that's uh, that's exactly what happened. To be honest with you, 
but I, I had fully relied on me to get there. I remember when I was standing outside the church before my marriage to my first wife with my dad and we're waiting for the ceremony to start. It might be 15 minutes before my, my dad looked at me and he said, son, got to tell you this. If God is not the head of your household, it will be a miracle if this lasts. And I remember nodding my head and saying, oh, yeah, I know, dad. But I remember in my head saying, shut up, dad. I can do this. I don't have to do it your way. I'll, I'm doing I'm doing just fine. Uh, it haunts me to this day. It, it haunts me. But that, that is literally how arrogant I was in my head. And in, in appearance, I was very good. And like I said, everything was was rolling just the way I wanted it to. And and really, for quite a few years, I, I thought in my head, my dad was wrong because, look, I'm, I'm doing it just fine. Uh, I had a son uh, when I was 25, I think. Yeah, probably 25, 26. Uh, at the age of 29, my wife at the time, she said, um, said she wanted a divorce. I did not see it coming. I, it, it, it floored me. It just completely floored me. This is what people in my family don't get divorced. Christians don't get divorced. I, I mean, this, why is this happening to me? I, I've done everything perfect. You know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't swear. I don't gamble. I don't run around on my wife. I just work hard and take care of my family. I mean, according to what the world says, and I'm, I'm doing everything right. Well, why is this happening to me? Uh, and it was, it, it crushed me. And I, I instantly, I, I won't say instantly. It was, it was a bit of a process, but I remember thinking back to Nebuchadnezzar standing on his balcony, looking out at Babylon and saying, look what I've done and God humbling him. And I realized exactly why my life had fell apart. And it did uh, between the ages of 29 and 30. <clears throat> I, my marriage fell apart. I thought I was going to lose my house. I thought I was gonna lose custody of my kid. Uh, my job was still going good though. I mean, I had that, but I just, I, I, I went into straight up rebellion. Uh, it was probably about a nine month period. Whenever I had my son, I was the good dad. Whenever I didn't have my son, I act like a 21 year old. I was just furious that why was I, why did I do everything right and still go through this? Um, I remember the week, the week of my 30th birthday, um, I had transitioned from my job as a project manager uh, to be the apprenticeship instructor for the state. And all of our training is done in Las Vegas. So here I am, my 30th birthday, and I happened to be out in Las Vegas to do a week-long training course. I had a weekend off for my birthday, and I went to California. Um, on the way back from California, I was heading back to Vegas. I was in Death Valley. And I remember driving in that car, heading back to, I was going to get on a plane the next morning or whatever next day i was driving in that car and i just broke down in tears i'm like god i'm 30 years old and i thought i had built this amazing life and you just took it all from me i mean i'm, I'm gonna have to file bankruptcy uh, i'm probably gonna lose my kid I, I what what am i doing wrong i i, I don't want to live like this this past nine months i haven't lived at all like i know you want me to not the way i want it. what and and i'm not I appreciated the way Mike Berkey said this during his testimony. He said he's not charismatic. He, I didn't hear God's voice come down from heaven, but I, I felt right in my heart. This, it just said, raise your son to be a godly man. It was just a, kind of quick and, and and sudden. I just realized that uh, nothing that I'm doing right now is 
an example that I need to set for my son. My dad did a great job of setting an example for me. And I'm doing nothing. Even even the, the 15 years of prime, as far as the world considered looking good, the, the career advancement, the property, the investments, every, none of that was an example that would set my son up for eternity. And it hit me hard right, right then and there. I mean, I, I literally pulled over in the desert. I sat in my car and I prayed. And I'm like, God, I, I definitely... I want to, I want to, I want to start a new life right now. I, I, I want to live differently. The next day it, it almost, you know, you have those kind of moments and you go back to reality and I didn't think much of it. Um, and I got, I got a message uh, on Facebook actually from Brandy. She was from Michigan. My divorce had just been final. She was going to be coming back to Michigan. She was living in Colorado. Um, and I had messenger. I don't know, a week or so before, and she responded back. And we started talking on the phone. And this is literally the next day after I'd, I'd said that prayer. Uh, fast forward a, a couple months, Brandy and I started started dating, and uh, she was an incredible godly woman. She was the most selfless person I'd ever met. Um, she loved God with all of her heart. She was open to listening to God's guidance. And it was just amazing what an answer to prayer um, she was. Uh, I had said after my divorce to myself in my head, I'm like, I'll probably never get married again. But I never said it out loud because I didn't want to be one of those guys. Um, but literally nine months, nine months later, uh, her and I got married. And instantly, it's amazing how much peace I started having in my house when both of us were wholeheartedly submitting to God as the head of our household, exactly what my dad said. It was amazing how much different things were. Right. I mean, yeah. We've been together 15 years now, and I'm not just saying this as a joke. We haven't, we haven't had a fight yet. We've had disagreements. We haven't had a fight yet. We, we both answer to God, and, and it really started very early on in, in our relationship. I, I instantly, probably shortly after met, I met her, started going back to church. She actually suggested it. She goes, uh, why don't you go to church anymore? Uh, and I said, well, I don't have a good answer for that. So we started going back to church. Um. I hadn't really kind of, I hadn't really dove back into my Bible. I was listening to sermons a little bit. I, my job always had me commuting long distances. So I was listening to sermons quite a bit, but I hadn't really dove into my Bible much. Um, but she got me going back to church. Um, I, like I said, I was an apprenticeship instructor. I had one of my apprentices that had went to Bible college, started talking to me about the Bible. And I thought, hey, you know, I know God's, I know God's word pretty good. I'll, I'll engage with this guy about it. Well, he was... He was out there, man. He, he he was out there. He had these very weird beliefs about God, and it was it was open. It was openness theology, really. It was very, very much from the emerging church. It was it was strange stuff I had never heard, and I realized that I did not know God's word well enough to have any kind of conversation that was fruitful to get him to see truth. And I was very humbled by that because, like I mentioned, when I was a kid, yeah, I was the I mean, if there was a Bible trivia, if there was a dry Bible trivia anywhere or debate, man, I could have won it at 12. And here I am at 32, 31, and I can't help this guy, and he is lost. And that, that hit me kind of hard. So I, I started realizing that I needed to study God's Word more, and I, I, started, I started digging in pretty deep. Right about that same time, interesting, this is, again, just God kind of working in progressions to my life. My wife and I were going to a Wednesday night service. 
And the pastor was going through the book of Zechariah, which if you read the book of Zechariah, it's deep. It's it's about the end times, the millennial kingdom. And um, it was a Wednesday night service. So Wednesday night service are very open where, you know, you can ask questions. There's more of a conversation. It's teaching, not not really preaching. And we got done with it. We were in the car driving home. And, and uh, she asked me a question about something that was said during it, about what, what something meant. And honestly, I didn't know the answer. And uh, so she asked me, well, what, what, what does that even mean? I'm like, well, man, why didn't you ask the pastor that while we were right there? And she goes, um, I would just read in Corinthians yesterday. It said, if I had a question, I'm supposed to ask my husband. <laughs> and I, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, there you go. <laughs> um, Keeper. You're right. And as a spiritual leader, as a Keeper. spiritual leader in my house. <laughs> I should be able to answer that. And it was, it was enough. It was humbling is what it was. Yeah. Is that I, I really, if I don't want to head down the same road I was heading on before, right. I need to get to know what God has been telling me in his word. And that he's been telling everybody That's for right. thousands of years now. You better I get mean, your butt in shape, boy. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I tell you what, that, that little statement from her, it, it uh, it changed my day-to-day life probably more than anything else. Cause I, not hundred percent of the time, but I, I immersed myself into studying it, it. I can't go by a morning without spending time in God's word without feeling completely guilty. Like I am going to let my family down. And, and it was that little statement. She, 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 she did that very well. Um, as I got to studying God's word more and more, I, I realized kind of some of my flaws. And, and that's why I want to kind of talk about when I think back to when I was saved at five, and how I lived between five and 15, what I was missing in my understanding of God's word that let from 15 to 30 happen. And a lot of it was not understanding what a sacrifice it is to be a Christian. It is about turning your, your life over to a Lord. And I mean, in, in Ephesians, we all hang really, really well on the Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You know, for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God, and that is a result of works so that no one can boast. And that is the truth of the gospel. There's nothing you Amen. can do to earn your salvation. It is a gift. It is grace. But we so often forget about verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so we can walk in them. Salvation isn't just a ticket to heaven. It, it, it is about what God can do with you here on earth. And uh, as you study scripture, you see that more, more and more. It is about what God can do with you. Even in Romans chapter 8, um, we all love Romans 828, you know, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. But then in 29, it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, and here's the kicker, to become conformed to the image of his son. You weren't just called and predestined to Mm -hmm. spend time in heaven after you die. You're, you're, You're called to be conformed to Christ. Yes. And then even more importantly, the last part, it says, conform to the image of his son so that he will be the firstborn among many brethren. And that firstborn means 
the preeminent one. That we were saved so that we can be more like Christ, so that Christ is glorified. That is why we're saved. We're not saved so that we're glorified, so that we are appear good. And that was really when I when I think the whole first 30 years of my life, I was focused on how can I look good? You know, if it was when I was in my parents' house, if it was, if it was acting like a Christian so that I looked good to my parents, or if it was just hitting all those benchmarks in society so I could look good to society, that my whole life was about glorifying myself up until I was 30. I, I had no desire to let God work in me to help conform me to the image of his son so that Christ could be glorified. Um, and it's sad. It took me 30 years to learn that. I mean, um, sad, not sad. I mean, God, God uses even the sin that we do to, to help shape us and, and make his will happen. Um, I can say that I may have steered away from where I, God had, been prodding me or where I thought he was prodding me as a teenager. And I I chose my own path with a career that I wanted. Um, And I tried to excel at that career as fast as I could. And it landed me a job as an apprenticeship instructor where I was trained for 11 years how to teach. If I hadn't had that, then I wouldn't be able to teach effectively at our church. You know, that that, that 11 years of that really helped prepare me for where God could use me. Even though I was a hundred percent, I I had went that route on my own to run from God. He, he still was able to steer it and, and use it. Um, and that's, that's his perfect orchestration right there. It is. It's a, it's a providence yeah. Yeah, it is, without a doubt, without a doubt. And I, I see it now. You didn't, I don't, I didn't see it then, but I, I definitely see it now. And I also found um, in Psalms, 37 4 a, a verse that I, I had completely been reading wrong my my whole life um and then as you study it it, it kind of comes to real light it says delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart and if you read that real quick it almost sounds like all right if i if i enjoy god i'm going to get all those things i want right he's going to give me the desires of my heart well i desire a convertible a house on a lake um, new tractor. So God, I'm doing my part. I'd like you when I'm going to get those things. But if you look at that verse, it says he will give you the desires. Your your desires completely change. The more you delight in God, the things that you used to desire are, are they're so different. Yeah. Wholeheartedly different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the peace and contentment that you get from things that you never even would have desired prior to delighting in him. It's, uh, that's what you're saved for. I mean, Right. He I, gives I us the, the desires. Like he gives us his yeah. desires. Yeah. Yes. As awesome. you're conformed to the image of his son, you, you you have you end up with the mind of Christ. And the more you're in his word, the more he is in you and in it it it, it enlightens you and it transforms you from from the inside. Um I know again, I keep harping back on I know I was saved when I was five, but I was really were I wanted that eternal life really emphasizing on heaven, which I'm not taking anything away from that. That is the that is the promise we have. That, that's what we should all be longing for. But I know it's in it's in the book of John. I, I want to say 17. I'm gonna read it because I if I quote it wrong, I'll 
kick myself later. During Jesus' high priestly prayer, um, verse 17, or chapter 17, starting, I guess, at verse 2. Uh, sorry, verse one says, Jesus spoke these things and lifted up his eyes to heaven. He said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Even as you gave him authority over all flesh, that to all, all whom you have given him, we may give eternal life. And this right here, this verse right here. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We're so focused on eternal life being what we have after this. But the eternal life that we have is that starting now, we actually know God, who we didn't when we were living in sin. That, that eternal life starts right here on earth. That, that's, that's what repentance, and that's what surrender, and that's what the humility of being a, a, a true believer that's That's the joy you get of it. This eternal life isn't just life after death. It, it is a full life now even if it isn't full in the world's eyes it, it is the it is the life god wants us to have and th those were very instrumental um passages as i was reading through and kind of understanding i, I guess in, in retrospect looking back at what i did wrong uh now and, and with that it, this is the here's the good part of the story i haven't got to the good part yet the good part right. is I, I really did become a very different person, not of my own accord, but with the help of, of my wife, who is a prayer warrior uh, and being surrounded by a body of, of strong believers. Um, my wife and I, we were um, we were unable to have children. And interestingly enough, there was literally no medical reason we couldn't. We spent a lot of money trying and every doctor we went to basically said there's uh, no reason you can't it's just not happening and my wife said it's uh it's because we're supposed to adopt she goes we're we're, we're kind of wasting money right here it's because <laughs> we're supposed to adopt and i'm like well if we if we were supposed to adopt you know we'd have 30 grand in the bank so that we could go adopt a kid and she's like you know there's another way it's called the foster care system yes so here i'm it's probably been 12 years ago 11 or 12 it was a while ago uh we got a foster license um it was a lot of work they they do not make it easy uh to go through that process to get licensed um and we we made it clear that we were foster parents hoping to adopt um our first foster kid that we had for any length of time we had him for a year and a half and then he went back to his biological mother uh, my wife spent a lot of time mentoring the biological mother because we kind of knew that and uh, then we got another boy right from birth. Um, he was uh, uh, he was a drug baby. Uh, he he had a lot of drugs in his system. Got him right from birth. We had him for two and a half years before we adopted him. Probably three months or so before we were able to adopt him, we thought he was going to go back to his his biological uh, father, which we had been working with the father a lot. We 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 had went into this with a mindset of because the we never know what's going to happen if a kid that we have in our home for any length of time is going to have to go back to the home they came from we might as well do our best to help transform that home too so we'd spend a lot of time mentoring the, the biological parents if they were willing 
Uh, well, the father who we've been working with, and we actually had a, a, a good relationship with him. He ended up dying of a drug over, overdose. And so oh, wow. the, the judge did end up putting, letting the son come up for adoption. My son, I say my son, he is my son now. Um, and we were able to adopt him after two and a half years. And it, it was uh, it was a very trying. We've got three kids that we have adopted from foster care. Um, we got all of them at different times. They're uh, none of them are, they're not biologically siblings, uh, but their adoptions all came through. And this, these range from two and a half to year and a half long processes. Their adoptions all came within like a couple of weeks of each other. They all, their adoptions were all finalized. It was, it was really amazing the way it all worked. And I look at these kids and what they become and how much they love God. It's just, it's just how much they love God, how much they love being a part of our family, how much I love them. And my wife listening to God speaking through our circumstances because she's constantly in prayer, because she's constantly in God's word. Um, I could have missed out on all that, but, but because she was willing to be directed towards that, God was able to, was able to use us for the good works that he has prepared for us for eternity. And uh, yes, it takes a special uh, kind of strength to go through that uh, foster care system. And then because it can be a lot of, you know, ups and downs and um, heartaches and, you know, different things. So it takes a lot of courage to step into that. So that's pretty awesome that you, that you listen to God in that. And those kids are saved, right? Oh, I, I, oh, yes. Oh yes. So that's, <laughs> it was, that's, uh, that's a, that's a I, huge I think it's the part of it. Mission yep. field. It is the greatest mission field that you can get into. Um, yes. And I, I will I'll counteract you a little bit. I don't think any amount of courage is enough to do it. It takes a hundred percent faith because um, true. Very we did true. have one, we had one little girl, and I don't, I don't I didn't mean that to be rude. I just I don't think you'll kind of it to do it right. I don't know if you could conjure up enough strength on your own to do it. It, it, it you have to be humble and let god because you saw everything is out of your control it's 100 percent out of your control we oh, had absolutely. one little girl we had her for, we had her for two and a half years um from time she was two and a half to five we thought we were going to adopt her and uh she ended up going back to her biological parents it was heart-wrenching beyond heart-wrenching um no amount of courage can make you just suck it up i mean you just got to understand no god is in control Fully yeah. in control of this. God, God is steering yeah. that person's life just like He is ours, and have peace with knowing that He is the sovereign God over the universe. And all these little things yeah. that they, they 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 teach you about God. Um. So uh, right now, like I said, I'm going to be 45. Um, that is, I'm sure, only started working in my life, and I'm very thankful that I'm. I have a family, a support system, a church, a wife that's helping me let God work in my life so that I get out of its gotta get out of his way. I'm thankful that God is the head of my household, like my dad said it should be right from the get-go. Um it sure is something how we don't like to listen one, to our one, parents when we're kids, isn't it? It is. It's funny when you. when you turn 30, it's like all of a sudden you're like, wow, man, my dad really got smarter in the last year or two. And uh, it, it, we kind of forget maybe we just got less dumb. Right. And he's, but uh, funny how that just works. Like, yeah, I don't know what happened to him. He seems to get a lot, got a lot smarter. I know uh, one one thing that I found helpful 
for me, uh, if you guys ever get a chance to read um, C.S. Lewis's uh, Mere Christianity, I think it is a great book for many reasons of, of putting kind of some things into perspective. I read a chapter in there, and it was a chapter on sin. It was really eye-opening as, as I reflected back on my life because I still had a hard time. I had a hard time looking back at my past and thinking, why did it go so bad? I was really doing so good in the world's eyes. Well, he he does a great job of, of counteracting the difference between morality and sin. And, and this this was really instrumental for me to truly understand what sin is. Because if you don't truly understand what sin is, the gospel message it doesn't it doesn't have the power that it should have so c.s lewis he explains it he goes in the in the world we think of morality right and wrong and and we think as long as someone isn't hurting others and they're not destroying themselves then they're moral but that doesn't mean they're sinless he goes if you make the analogy think of a couple a bunch of ships in the ocean and you got you got 50 ships in the ocean, as long as they're not bumping into each other, and as long as they're not sinking themselves, they're doing pretty good, right? But what's the purpose of a ship? A ship is supposed to go someplace and do something. Sin is the fact that God doesn't care that we're just not bumping into each other and sinking ourselves. He's got a destination, a path, a direction. You know, and if our direction is to go from Florida to England, and we're heading to south africa even though we're not bumping into anybody and even though we're not sinking ourselves we're in a complete violation of the purpose that he has us here for that is sin it's not just about doing right or wrong it's doing god's will and that was very eye-opening as i, I look back at my life because i was doing it right i was working hard i was saving money i was investing wisely I wasn't wasting money on alcohol. I wasn't doing drugs. I mean, I, I shouldn't have had to have a humbling experience, right? I, I wasn't wasn't destroying myself. I wasn't bumping into people, right? But but what I wasn't doing, I could have cared less what God wanted for me in my life. I was directing my my path, and and God grabbed a hold of me and He directed me, and and because of that I have the I have the contentment. And when I say I'm phenomenal, Ron, that is why. Because <laughs> I, I have that peace and contentment uh, because of that. Yeah. And that's all That's all I got. I hope it wasn't too long. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Oh, no. I love that ship analogy. Wow. I think it was great. You, yeah. you said you didn't have a an awesome testimony, but I'm, I'm going to tell you something, brother. You That testimony right there will touch a lot of people because as you were talking about this, the, the whole story in Luke chapter 15 comes back about the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. how you when yeah. you're young, yeah. and then there was a period of time. And I think we all can relate to that to some degree. I know very few people who were saved at a young person that didn't, for some reason, take their hand off the plow and look back kind of thing. And a lot of people oh, yeah. criticize themselves for that. But let me tell you something, folks. Don't don't get down in the dumps about that because that's what our accuser does. His job is to draw us away from Christ. And unfortunately, a lot of times we go through hardships and then we get back out in the world. But isn't it awesome to know that the power of the blood of Christ Jesus 
always, always pulls us back to where we need to yes. be. Yes. Yeah. Amen to that. Absolutely. Yes. Perfect. I was uh, struck a little bit too about um, when you had started to say about, you know, a lot of people when they, they preface their story, well, it's not dramatic, you know, but it, the dramatic part doesn't matter. Like Jeff was just saying. So um, I just am really happy that you came on and shared. I mean, every, any story of God is, is dramatic, <laughs> you know, it's dramatic in God's eyes and what he's done. And it's, he's one being glorified. Right. And I also um, absolutely thought about uh, when you, you had said a couple of times about when you started school um, when you went into the public school and you felt like you were a dork or you were kind of unpopular and that kind of thing. And I, I find that to be a common thread too in people who have come to Jesus that they reflect on that because, and that's the way it should be because we're not of this world. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm a proud dork now. Yes. I, I embrace it. Yes. <laughs> well, you're among a bunch of dorks here. So we're all, we can relate to you. <laughs> awesome thank you yeah cj you're amazing every time you speak i feel like i learned something you're wise beyond your years for certain um i know i've got 10 10, and humble 10 12 and very humble humble yep yep, i know i can't forget that (laughs) um cj is one of our sunday school teachers where i where i attend church um and he's one of my you and uncle brian i I love you guys to death i I was so excited when you guys are up in that pulpit because and, and it's everybody, but I always learn something when you're there, CJ. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, brother. Well, and I learned something I appreciate tonight, that, too. Ron, because I, I do, I love teaching. That was, uh, I love, I love being able to see somebody, I don't know, when, when they grasp something they didn't know they grasped. I, that's why I, I was an instructor for 11 years. I, I loved it. It was a very, very, very rewarding job. Um, And it's even more rewarding when you can, when you can study God's word. And honestly, it's almost selfishly that I, I accept the opportunities to teach because I find myself very quickly getting sucked into just barely studying God's word. But when I have a, a lesson I have to prepare, I mean, I'm on a deep dive for three weeks before I have to teach. So I, I usually I take those opportunities whenever pastor asks, I, I jump on it because I, I need it even more than the class right. that I'm, I'm yeah. teaching. So. Uh, I, I do. I enjoy it very much. I call those treasure hunts. That's what I there call. There you them. go. Yeah, I love yep. a good treasure hunt in the Bible. You know, another thing yep. I wanted to uh, mention too is when you were talking about adoption, and um, my I have a nephew who adopted uh, some kids from Ukraine, and they first went through oh. the Russian adoption. And um, they actually were uh, the next family up. I believe before they closed out all the adoptions out of Russia. Oh yeah. So they had invested mm. years into this child and oh, yeah. um, they couldn't adopt. It was a heartbreak, you know, but they ended up, oh, yeah. they went back into it again and they, um, they got three kids from Ukraine like seven, eight years ago. Um, so yeah, it's watching people who um, go through that is God's got a purpose in it though, you know, just being persistent and oh, yeah. not letting the the things that happen get you down, you know, and just 
try again. So awesome. I concur. I think as a, as a church, um, I don't want to make a blanket statement, but I think as a church, we're, we're not doing a good of job with that as we could. Um, I'm a wholeheartedly pro-life to the core. Um, and I know a lot of people that are, but there are a lot of children that are born and have no homes and are bouncing around in terrible situations. And there are godly families out there with empty rooms. And even though it's hard, uh, if you if you go to James 1, 27, pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress. And the reason that's pure and undefiled um, religion is that you, in essence, in the world, you really don't, they have nothing to offer back in return. You're not going to, you're not going to get rich doing it, but it's, it's, a, it's a sacrifice. But Ron, you said it perfectly, or maybe it was you, Mary, that, you know, your, your children are saved now. It's a mission field. It's oh, a yeah. mission field. And there, that was actually really, my wife brought that to my attention. She showed me an article, like I said, 12 years ago. And, just in the three surrounding counties of ours, and where we live in a pretty rural area, there's only a couple towns by there. And it was an astronomical amount of kids that were in the foster system every month. Needing, I mean, I'm talking like 1,200 a month wow. needing foster homes. And that's not even a large city. Um, and I think as a, as a church, that's a, that's a mission field that we could. I know there's a lot of Christians that are, but it's something we definitely could do better. Uh, yeah. If you notice. My sister and brother-in-law, Ron, they, they jumped right on it. They've got, they've adopted three children from foster care also. And I love up. every one of them. Yeah. I it, love it, every <laughs> one of them. I'll tell you, they're great yeah, kids, when, man. When you, yeah. When you look at them in church and look at the light in their eyes and look at how much they love to learn. And it's, yeah. uh, it is, it, it, it's, it's great. And you, you just see God's hand in it all. I mean, uh, so I guess for the people listening, that was my little prod to try to get God's work being done, maybe even at a larger scale. Yeah. Answering the call, whatever that might be, right? Yep. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, CJ. Yes. Thank you, CJ. You're welcome. All right. Let's talk about salvation. Shall we talk about yes. salvation? Yes. We should. We worship the living God and he is still working today. That is evident, very evident in CJ's life. Um, working today, in fact, he's open for business this very moment. <laughs> I've opened the call-in feature here on the Godcast. Are you ready to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? The first thing you must do is please uh, understand that you are a sinner and repent of your sins. Secondly, you must be able to declare that Jesus is Lord and declare it, say it aloud. And if you can do that and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. Salvation is that easy. It's not very difficult at all. Um, all you need is the need and you should have that need. Uh, if you've assessed your life and said, ha ha, I, I do, I have that need today. You're making the right decision. Go ahead and call in. If you've assessed your life and say, no, I'm all set, well, then you should definitely go back and reassess your life. And then call me next next Friday, 7 p.m. I'll be here. And we can we can pray together 
if we can't pray tonight, we'll pray next week. And we'll, we'll be here every Friday. We'll be waiting for you guys. If I can, I'd like to read Romans 10, 9 through 10. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Everybody likes a guarantee in life. Don't we like guarantees? Don't we like free stuff? This is the greatest free gift that you'll ever receive. And you want to talk about a guarantee? Romans 10, 13 says, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no greater guarantee in life than that right there, my friend. So please, if you are listening to this recording and you would like to be saved, very easily you can go to visit us on our Telegram page. This is an official Godcast at Telegram. At uh, this is official Godcast on Telegram, and on there you'll see our prayer of surrender. Uh, very easily, quite simply, you can you can repeat that prayer and ask for Jesus to come into your heart, and you could be saved that very moment. If you want to do it over the phone, you can call Mary and myself. You can send us an email. This is an official Godcast at gmail.com. and you can get in touch with us that way. Mary and myself, we'd love to email you, love to call you, love to do anything we can to help you along. If you need a Bible, we're here for you. We have Bibles. Let us know what you need. If you need mentors, we have mentors too. We have the Shore Up Squad. We have men and women here that are able to guide you through the process. All right, some more announcements. Don't forget next week, 7 p.m., we will be here. If you missed the salvation call this week, that's all right. We're going to be here next week. And next week, our special guest... Little red rocking chair. Mary, who's little red rocking chair? She's an amazing woman. She's a sometimes prayer you warrior. Hear, sometimes you hear her call in on Conley show too. So yeah, yeah. but you're gonna hear her uh God story on the God cast. She's absolutely awesome. Laura yes. Reeves. Yes, and, she's got uh, a blog too, actually. She's got a blog. What's that blog? I think it's the little red rocking chair. Sounds simple. Yes. She'll be here next week, 7 p.m. on Podbean Live. And then the week after that, we'll have Pastor B.J. Amen, B.J. Van Amen, and he'll be here also to give his testimony. We're looking forward to that. Any other announcements you can think of, Mary? No, like that just about does it. All right. Well, as always, we are live on Podbean, 7 p.m. every Friday. And at 8 p.m., we have Con Lee. At 9, 10.30, we'll have Kilted Christian and the Midnight Shift with Scott Barzy doing Fishers of Men. Uh, you can catch us here on Podbean. You can catch us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podchaser, and Boomplay. Pretty much every place that has podcasts you can catch us on, except for Apple. We just don't do business with them. We don't like those people. Yeah, that we just got to pray for them people. That's all. I mean, I we're going to pray right? for Google and all these other places too. But there was the apple in Genesis. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Mary, you want to close this show out with a good prayer? Yes. Um, I also want to say that Tam uh, uh, clarified her blog is Little Red Rocking Chair on Substack. Thank you. So that's where you can find her. 
Little Red Rocking Chair on Substack. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, Mary. Okay. So I'll give a little prayer tonight. Thank you, Lord. Here we are again on a Friday. Our favorite place to be with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you've done in CJ's life, Lord. Thank you for bringing him through all the, you know, ups and downs and, and different parts of his life where, you know, he maybe wasn't paying so much attention to you, but you were always there. So thank you that um, just giving him the Holy Spirit, which guides him into all truth. And thank you for his family and thank you for his wife who spoke into his life, Lord, with the words just directly from you, Lord. So thank you for that. Thank you for um, just being with him tonight to share this story. And we just, we pray a blessing into any anybody who's listening to this now or in the future that they would just be they would just be affected by this lord and that they want to be closer to you we want salvations lord that's what we're here for we're pointing people to you that's what we want to do you get all the glory and all of it thank you i also want to lift up a couple people who have prayer requests that I've seen, Lord, and that one is Livin, our um, beautiful sister Livin, who has an unspoken prayer for herself, Duncan, and Duncan's mom. We lift them all up to you, Lord, and you know their need, you know their challenge, you know every part of everything. So we just pray in agreement to what you're doing in their lives. And we praise you and we thank you for in advance for the miracles and different things that will happen. We just know, we just know, God, that you have your hand on them, all of them. So we pray for health for them as well. And um, we also want to lift up their, their choice in their new home together as they're um, going to be married soon. And um, you have the perfect place in mind. So. Give them patience and persistence and joy in the process, Lord. And also Insidious has a prayer request for Zoe, uh, 13-year-old bone cancer. So, and for Scott, um, who has uh, suspected, I guess there's lung cancer and his wife, Bobby. So, Lord, we lift up Zoe to you and you love you love children. You know of all of us, but you know you've made it real clear that children are uh, just a special place in your heart, Lord. So we just pray for health for Zoe. We pray uh, just that every part of her body will just be operating in the way that it was created to. So we just pray against any form of sickness, malady, any cancer to be gone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We just pray your healing, healing into that, Lord. Cancer is out of there. 
In the name of Jesus, we reject it. We look forward to hearing your miracles in, in her life, Lord, and bring her closer to you through this whole process. And for Scott, and um, you know what's going on there with his lungs, Lord, and so we just um, we pray for him and his wife, and we pray that um, their relationship would be strengthened through this, that you would be the center between both of them, Lord, that they would be looking to you. We pray for relief of pain. We pray for um, guidance, you know, anything that is going to be talked about with any doctors or anything, that they would just be using your words and that be guided by you, Lord, and that open his mind and his heart to alternative methods, Lord. And um, I also pray that you give Tam the words to speak into their lives as well, Lord. Thank you for calling her to ask for prayer for them tonight. And uh, Tam has a uh, Doug who is, he's got lung cancer as well. So Lord, um, he's just back in the hospital. He has had some uh, relapse a little bit here, Lord. And so, but he's got strong faith as Tam says, and um also looking for alternative methods of healing, Lord. So we just, we pray into his life. We pray healing into his life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray breath into his lungs. We pray for words for, for Tam to be using towards him and, you know, in his life. And, and insidious too, Lord, that's what I meant to say is her, um, that she will just have the words to speak into their lives too, Lord, and that she be a presence of God in their life, Lord. It just, all the, a lot of the healing, Lord. And so we just, um, we ask for joy in even all these challenges. Joy, joy in, in how we're walking through all of this. And that we just pray for people to come up alongside all of these people who have um sickness and and things that you know you've already got you know divine appointments already in place for for all of these people who are going through these things and so lord i just pray that their eyes and ears would be open to those opportunities and that you would be glorified in all of it and thank you for thank you for this opportunity to come together and and talk about you tonight. We love that. We love that. That's the best part. And so I just, I pray your glory into every, every bit of this, every minute that was in this together that whoever hears it, they would just be called to you. So Holy Spirit, just work, work in them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Mary. God bless you, Mary. Awesome. I forgot to mention, uh, please, uh, for our listeners now and later, please, I invite you to go back to episode eight and listen to Pastor Holmes on salvation. That's 
our episode eight, Pastor Holmes on salvation. And we're going to get Pastor back here. Uh, he's, we've, we've got him slotted for September 1st, and he's coming back for a Q&A. What this is going to be about is we're going to have a Q&A on salvation, and it's going to give you, the listener who's listening live, the opportunity to call in and ask questions about well, anything at all, but um, we'd love it to be on salvation, but anything at all, you know, um, you may have questions like, uh, you know, how do we know the Bible's real? How, how do we know it hasn't been manipulated by man? How do we know this? How do we know that? Um, you know, what does it mean that I have to go through the Father to get through, you know, like I, I, all these questions that you may have, please come September 1st. We're going to have answers for everybody. Uh, you can call in or you can chat in your question. Uh, Mike, myself, Mary, uh, Jeff, whoever may be here that time. And we're going to have a bunch of questions ready for them as well. And it's going to be a fun night. Uh, we're going to take a little break from testimonies and we're just going to do a huge Godcast on salvation. Um, for any questions that you may have. So I know it's a little far ahead, September 1st, but it'll give you a little time to maybe think of a couple of questions or maybe something's been burning in your heart that you got to need to know. Please. We yeah, welcome you to come down. join us. Yes. It's going to be awesome. Great idea. Um, other than that, I think we're great. We're, uh, uh, we want to thank you one more time, CJ, for taking time out of your, uh, your life, your wife and your family and all that good stuff to come and hang out with us and share what God's done in yours. Uh, if you can, please stick around. We're just going to play one song and then we'd like you to hang out, um, after the song, the show will end, but we'll hang out here. We'll do some after hour, uh, after show virtual hugs and tickles and, and all that good stuff and <laughs> see you on your way. I'm out. <laughs> you just stick around, buddy. I want to hug Come you. Come on. Virtual hugs all and right, tickles. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the best part. You can sneak out, but I'm going to come tackle you was, Sunday, brother. I know where you go Sunday. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was good with everything until the virtual hugs and tickles. And I got weirded out. So. <laughs> well, at least we didn't waterboard you. That's what we usually do. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. All right. So until next week, we'll see you guys next Friday right here on the Godcast. Thanks for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you again. Yes. Good night. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, a name above every other name. Jesus, the only one. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you, holy, holy. There is no one like you. There is none besides you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and your heart and leave in love to those around me. 
worthy, worthy of every song we could ever sing, worthy of all the praise we could ever claim, worthy of every breath we could ever
All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, one more thing, my dearest friends, let us not forget we're here for one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So please go out and share your testimony with someone that you love who does not know him. And we will see you next Friday. Thanks again so much. We love you guys. Good night. We're out of here. Good night.